This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Well, it's uh, Philip Malloy joining me now for what has been uh, a regular date for over a decade as Philip talks to me about the movies. And um, Philip, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shorty. You want to talk about yet another Blu-ray that you've added to your collection. Yeah, well, I have a fairly sizable collection of Blu-rays at this stage. But last week, um, I don't know when this came out. Uh, it can't have been very long ago. But last week I saw uh, in HMV, I saw a copy of one of your favourite films on Blu-ray, and that was Patton. Okay. Um, the the uh, the movie with George C. Scott as General George Patton, and uh, so I got it and I looked at the the, the movie and oh, it gorgeous. George well, no, just gorgeous. did it? That's a question oh, I wanted no, to no, ask it, you. Yeah, I mean it it does vary. I'm not saying it doesn't. The the quality does vary uh, according you know from movie to movie. But on this, it was just gorgeous. It just looked lovely and it was so full and rich and full of color. And so I looked at that and then I looked at the commentary and, and listened to the commentary. And the commentary uh, was by Francis Ford Coppola. But one of the things he he, he explained was that he actually, he, OK, he had been making a movie called, he had made a, written a script for a movie called Is Paris Burning? Is Paris Burning, I think, was that a, a, a question that was historically asked by Hitler at one stage? Yes, he yeah. asked the the German uh, um, the general high command yeah. in, in in Paris because he d- demanded the destruction of Paris. Paris yeah. I mean, so. he wanted to burn to the ground. Okay, and and the the German general happily said no. Okay, well, he so, didn't say no. He just didn't do it. So Coppola, who would have been about twenty six, twenty seven yeah. at this stage, he actually wrote a movie. He wrote a movie called Is Paris Burning, which. Uh, the studio seemed to be quite happy with it. And what Fox did then was they employed him to write the script for Patton. But there were several things about Patton that they disliked and they, they especially disliked. You, you know, you know, the opening se- sequence where he's standing in front of this big um, flag, the Stars and Stripes, and he's speaking to what it seems to be a military audience, although you never see him. And... Uh, uh, so, so they uh, uh, apparently they disliked that immensely, and uh, but I so, thought that was one of well, the most powerful well, well, features well, ab- of the ab- movie. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, they disliked it. Uh, they disliked it as well. The line that goes through it, where uh, basically Patton believes that he, he lived in another time, that he comes from another time, they'll dislike that as well. Uh, and one of the people that was the, what the person that was it, the, the front runner to play the role at that stage uh, was Burt Lancaster, and Lancaster just hated the script. So what they did was they put it into what they called turnaround. They abandoned it. This was 1966. And several years later, um, a guy called Edmund North was brought on and he uh, took uh, Coppola's script and, and you know, he, he, he rejigged it a little bit. Uh, but so at this stage, this was 1970, 71, in fact, uh, the movie was out and it was nominated and won uh, an Oscar for Best um, Screenplay. And at that stage, Coppola was working on The Godfather and he felt that he was about to be sacked from The Godfather. And the Oscar for Patton, which was almost never made, uh, kept him on, wow. on, on, okay. on The Godfather. 
And so he talks about that. But the whole he, he did vast amounts of research uh, for the movie. And at one stage, you you actually see in it where Carl um, Malden, who plays uh, General Omar Bradley, he says, OK, they're taking an awful pounding in North, in North Africa. And he says, get me the best tank man in the business. So they say Patton and they bring Patton in. And Patton was this this cultured, this very well read um, horseman. Very from, wealthy. Yeah, yeah, he was very he was. I think he was supposed to be the wealthiest um, member of the American army at that stage. But anyway, he was he, he was he was brought in. And um, one of the things about the tanks, the German tanks were, uh, actually they, they traveled on um, diesel and the American tanks traveled on gasoline. And this was a huge disadvantage. Because the petrol driven tanks yep. used to blow, blow up, up and blow burn. Up. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So all of this is explained in it. And he, he, he talks about the way he, uh, he used the, the, the various patent speeches. And sometimes he actually put took elements of five or six speeches and put them together in one. Um, but it was it's it's really good. It's really uh, okay. well done. It's very impressive, right. I have to say. The interesting, I hadn't known they considered Bert Lancaster, but the guy yeah. who turned it down yeah. and regretted it yeah. for the rest Rod of his Steiger. life, Rod Steiger. Yeah. He 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 went. They were making a movie called Waterloo, and he decided to yeah. go for Waterloo, which was a disaster. Um, it instead. just goes to prove actors should never be allowed pick scripts. Yeah. The agent should pick the scripts. But, and that's the problem, though. It's it's a problem of how strong uh, your agent is. If an agent actually is a strong agent and advises you accordingly well then there's some likelihood that you might get through okay. to him um, before we get to um, mm. new releases mm. I presume on Sunday night you were glued to mm. ITV mm. were you? Mm. Your reaction to Downton well, Abbey? Well okay the, okay, okay. it was uh, it's, it's okay it's the start of uh, season 6 this was a 90 minute sort of feature length um, introductory episode it's now uh, um 1924, uh, Ramsay MacDonald has become the first Labour Party Prime Minister um, in British history. And there are kind of the stirrings of revolt uh, below stairs in, uh, in, at the Grantham Estate. And uh, now there are several new characters in this, uh, in this uh, season. And one of them is this, um, uh, this school teacher from the village who has romantic designs on Branson. That's the now we have we have seen her, but yeah, it looks right. as if she's going to be yeah. a real sort of character now that's in right. this series. And so she's brought in and she's brought to a party um, without Lord Grantham knowing about it. And there's near there's almost apoplexy um, at this party when she starts to yeah. criticise the intention uh, to build a, a war memorial um, yeah. um, on on his land. But we uh, we were certainly given the impression in the kind of trailers mm. that the whole place Abs- burned absolutely. down. Yeah, that, and like that, in that, reality... Oh, big time, big time. In big reality, time. like it yeah. was little more than yeah. a bit of smoke in, in the bedroom. Yeah, that, that's one of the big, uh, one of the main sort of um, anti-climaxes, I suppose, um, in this episode. Um, it seemed like it was... It happened very quickly. It seemed like it was limited to a certain section of the yeah. house. And if you actually look at the trailer, it looks like the whole of the mansion has been burned yeah. down. The other thing about it, I think, is it, there's more sex. Yeah. Just based on no, one. No, 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 there is. There, there, there is. A, overt, yeah. uh, in one case where people are in bed. Yeah. But secondly, Lady Mary, yeah. uh, I don't well, know what's going okay. to happen, but okay. she's certainly talking yeah. about okay. it. Okay, Lady Mary um, looks like she may be over the death of her uh, husband, Matthew, and she's moving on to a new relationship. But there's, there's talk about sex among several of the other women, yeah. uh, including the dowager herself, uh, played yeah. by Maggie 
Smith. And uh, yeah, but the one you're talking about is this um, this aristocrat played by Anna Chancellor. She arrives at the house pretending that her car broke down while she was on uh, on yeah. her way somewhere else. And all the time she's after this footman who used to work for her. All right. And well, she's trying to trap him. But anyway, one of the things I, I'd say about it, George, is it seems to it seems to be tighter uh, the storytelling. It seems to move uh, uh, faster. And uh, even even though um, in that this opening episode, a, a lot of the regular characters like Bates and Mrs. Bates, Anna, they didn't really get any kind of time no, no. Uh, on screen. I didn't. But it, yeah, but I, it looks it looks better than last seasons. All right, yeah. uh, I thought last season was a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Now the Equalizer, which I enjoyed very much with Edward Woodward yeah. on television. Well, I'd does... be truly amazed if you're not if you wouldn't be unhappy with this, George. Okay, well, if it, I would be unhappy it, or not. I, it, no. I, I don't think it would appeal to you. Um, okay, first of all, it is the um, okay. It's the spin-off, a movie version of the series that ran with Edward Woodward from 1984, I think, to 89, and uh, it's basically th- this 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 new version is produced by and stars um, uh, Denzel Washington, and uh, so he's. He, what, what he did was he was a, he, a black ops oper, um, agent he, what he did was he faked his own death and uh, he lives now fairly anonymously in Boston and he has this um, this job as, as a kind of a, a very cheery attendant at this big uh, DIY store and everything seems to be going quite well until he every night he can't sleep and every night he goes to this diner and uh, um, at the diner on a regular basis he meets this young prostitute and one night anyway he sees her being beaten up by uh, two pimps and he intervenes and eventually he goes after the pimps and they lead him to this this um, this restaurant and bar which is the headquarters of a, 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 R- a Russian gang okay and he takes on five of them and absolutely annihilates them right, okay sure. and as a result of that then the Russians they send a fixer a vicious sp- fixer um, after him so it becomes a kind of cat and mouse game between the two of these and it's super violent George it's very very violent he uses everything he uses shards of glass he uses corkscrew he uses screws he all uses right. nail guns all kinds of explosives alright okay I'm not going to watch so, it no so he, it, it really goes way over top and it's too long as well all right. Any good ones coming up? Well, okay. As well as that, then uh, the the openings um, are um, uh, one which which I quite like is called um, "What We Did on Our Holiday," and it's by I don't know if you've if you've seen this series um, uh, "Outnumbered." Have you seen a, no. a BBC lovely BBC series called "Outnumbered"? And the "Outnumbered" the the, uh, the title comes from the fact that three, these three kids constantly outmaneuver their parents All right. you know it's that kind of thing and this basically operates in the same way it's about it, it stars David Tennant and um, Rosamund Pike the gorgeous Rosamund Pike who I interviewed this morning and will be on the picture show on uh, on Saturday night uh, but anyway it's about uh, this family husband and wife who are actually breaking up going to uh, his father's 75th anniversary uh, 75th birthday party in Scotland the father is played by Billy Connolly with the three kids and it's it's okay. First of all, it's about them and the grandfather. Uh, but all, all all through it, it's about uh, the the view that the three kids take of the kind of breakup of their of their family. It's very very funny, very very well done. One of the things that Rosamund Pike explained to me was that that it happens in outnumbered and also happened in this is okay. The 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 adult actors they 
read the script, they learn the script in the normal way. But what happens with the, the younger, uh, the ch ch child actors, is that they're, um, is that okay? They're they're just uh, talked to before the beginning of a scene, and they're given maybe one line to 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 uh, to say, and after that they improvise. Wow. And yeah, and it, and it works so well in terms of freshening up the material and making the kids seem less like child actors. So uh, okay. I, I I have to say I really liked it. I thought it was very. You really you good. have another movie, have you? Yeah, there's one called Maps of the Stars, uh, which was I was written about twenty years ago by this guy called Bruce Wagner, and it's directed now by David Cronenberg, and it's a very sharp, I think, well focused satire on mo modern Hollywood and the movie industry. Uh, all kinds of gargoyles and stereotypes turn up in it. Gargoyles? Yeah, yeah human gargoyles. Played, right. played by Julianne Moore, John Cusack, uh, Olivia Williams. A really strong cast. Uh, it's very, very funny. It's dark, uh, but I'd say a lot of people will like it. All right. Jason Burden's back. But Jason. that's good news in terms of the actor and director. No, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, OK. This is basically one of the biggest kind of film industry stories of the last week. But it's been confirmed that Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass are reuniting with Universal Pictures for the third movie uh, together in the Bourne franchise. That'll be their third movie. The first movie was directed by Doug Lyman. Then there were two by Paul Greengrass. And now this is a third one. And uh, the, the development was described by the Deadline uh, Hollywood website as an absolute stunner because Greengrass said last year that since Jason Bourne had regained his memory, you'll remember him regaining his memory, that there was nowhere for the character to go. But apparently they figured it out and they've even announced the release date of July uh, 16th 2016 now and as well as that um, there was a, a kind of spin-off series called which, which started with with Jeremy Renner called The Bourne Legacy which started uh, was the last year and that's going to continue as well but the next Bourne movie uh, out on Ju in July 2016 will star Matt Damon Alright well I think Greengrass has made an outstanding job of it. Yeah. Philip Malloy is here with me on this uh, special Movies for Ploughing and uh, um, now you must not you must promise me not to give anything away but my favourite television series is back albeit in the USA the good wife yeah. when am I going to be able to see it yeah, I don't think you'll see it until the new year oh um, really yeah, on, on more four um, uh, I, I haven't got a, a date for it yet a start date for it it actually stint, the, the sixth series started as you say on US television on Sunday night and uh, I won't say any more than just to point out there was a major surprise in it right, right. From the, right from the beginning. Now, so it looks fantastic. It, it, it looks it, 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 the storyline looks really strong. Now, uh, Simon Delaney did a couple of episodes. Do you remember? Yeah, As yeah, a kind of yeah. Irish American yeah. sort of lawyer. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you, haven't, you haven't heard any more, have you? No, 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 no. no, no. no. I, I remember he was on the picture yeah. show some time and ago. And it looked, he did very well, and it looked as if he might get a kind of a break, well, but yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't appear to have happened No, it's a, although he said, he told me that he'd, he'd go back any time. He, I, you know, he said, I'd go back in a heartbeat. Just give me the opportunity. Oh, I'm sure. You know? Yeah, um, I, could, I'd go back in a heartbeat. Could I just, uh, there's a couple of small bits I just want to hit off. One one is, and this was in Monday morning's um, uh, and, um, Hollywood Report, uh, it was about the the Irish made movie Begin Again. Okay, that was the movie about, uh, that John Carney made with Kira Knightley, and um, okay, uh, the, the, 
I, the reviews of it weren't that great, although I have to say I liked it. And it didn't, it wasn't doing so well. But in, in Monday morning's Hollywood Reporter, they were announcing Kira Knightley's Begin Again earns 18.1 million in South Korea. Uh, and so in <laughs> South Korea, uh, apparently they, they love these kind of musicals or musical based um, um, uh, movies in South Korea. And we're now in a position where this movie, Begin Again, which I think was made for nine million uh, has taken f- 46 million at the international box office, helped on immensely by, by the South, South Korean Korea. box office. But what, the point I'm trying to make here is that uh, it just shows you more and more, George. Okay, you remember a time when when the majority of a movie's budget um, or a movie's uh, gross uh, was was got in America in the, what they call the domestic market. That's changed completely. Well, I'm now. glad you mentioned yeah. that yeah. because in the John Wayne biography, and yeah. by the way, I've downloaded another one. On my Kindle, another Wayne biography. So, um, and I've only read about thirty pages, but it appears to be quite averagely written, okay. quite poorly yeah. written. But in the original Wayne biography, I read like for every movie, they talked about the American grosses yeah. uh, all the time, and really the foreign grosses were just a kind of an add-on, yeah. almost not looked on yeah. as core earnings. Well, what's happened more and more now, and especially now with the with the huge Chinese market opening, with the Russian market opening, with the South American market expanding, and um, markets like Japan in particular becoming so crucial, um, more and more of the gross, right up to 70%, George, and more of the gross of big movies, uh, you know, okay. so, so even with some of these superhero movies, has been uh, coming from outside the US. Could I just uh, uh, mention, by the way, that we're apparently, that's news talk, uh, we're radio partners with the IFI in the Stranger Than Fiction um, Festival, um, which is coming up uh, over the next few days. It's running from the 25th, that's tomorrow, Thursday, isn't it, to the 28th. And uh, it's it's has a collection of great documentary titles in it, George, I have to say. Uh, we Are Many, Blood Fruit. Blood Fruit is an Irish-made... Um, remember the uh, remember the Dunn Store strike? Yeah. Okay, well, this is a documentary about the Dunn Store strike. I'm really looking forward to it, I have to say. Um, Whitey, United States of America versus James L. Bulger. That's about Whitey Bulger. Um, uh, Love is All um, uh, sounds like a, a really interesting one as well. And... Uh, um, it came from Connemara is another um, a, a, another documentary, and that's about guess who? About Roger Corman, who, as you know, has opened a studio in Connemara for a while. Um, the, life itself, um, you know, you, you will have heard of um, uh, the uh, film critic Roger Ebert. Yes, okay. Course, yeah. Well, he led a, a very, very uh, eventful and very kind of turbulent life away from the cinema. Uh, and there's a documentary now about him called Life Itself. And that's on, on Sunday, uh, the 28th at four o'clock. So anyway, it looks like a really strong lineup. IFI, Stranger Than Fiction Festival at the IFI on from, from tomorrow, Thursday to the 28th. All right. A remake of Ben-Hur. Remake of Not Ben-Hur. Not true. No, it is true. But it's they've true. done two it's, already. Okay, they did the first one in 1925, Raymond Navarro. Raymond Navarro. Navarro in 1925. They did the second one then in 1959. Well, it came out in 1959 with Charlton Heston in the title role and Stephen Boyd as And Masala. John Wayne's best pal did the stunts. Uh, yeah, Kima Kanut. 
Yeah. He did the stunts he did. And what they're doing now is so I it, this would actually be it if, if you know it won't be out until the 60 uh, the 2016. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, this is a new version uh, which they're making with Jack Houston. Um and, and Jack Houston is the great grandson of Walter Houston, the grandson of John Houston and the the nephew of Danny and Angelica Houston and he's taken the the main role in it. Taking the main role, yeah, he's actually taken the role of Ben okay. of Ben Hur of Judah Ben Hur um, in the film. Is a script which I have high hopes for is written by John Ridley, who won an Academy Award earlier this year for Twelve Years a Slave, and uh, so. Uh, but it's only so much you can do um, with a film like Ben Hur, based on a book by a fellow called Lou Wallace. Lou Wallace, was, yeah, 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 based yeah. on. Story of the Christ, I think, was the yeah. The I mean, the the fifty six movie and the twenty six yeah. silent movie, other than yeah. sort of few bits and pieces, well, was essentially ga- the same story. Yeah, but I gather there's going to be more of the story of the Christ in this. All right, yeah. okay. Uh, so that's okay. the thing. By the by the way, about uh, Jack Houston, he's done a whole variety of movies, but people will probably know him best as Richard Harrow, who's the disfigured uh, World War One veteran. In uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, is that's that him? That's him. That's him. Now I didn't know who Jack Houston yeah. was, but no. of course I yeah. remember the disfigured guy yeah. in in. He's in very the... very good in it. Oh, he's, he's wonderful. Crazy, yeah. Now, just to get back for a tick yeah. to the old '56 movie, yeah. which yeah. won eleven Oscars, did it or That's thereabouts? The, 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 the '59 one. Yeah, uh, Ben Hur. Yeah, that won the the eleven Oscars. I think it was eleven out of twelve. Was nominated for twelve yeah. and it won eleven. Now. It and Charlton trans- Heston was one of them, yeah. and one best picture as well, and best director for Willie Wilder. Willie no, but but tragically Wilder. died early. Northern Ireland, Stephen Boyd. Yes, I loved him. I thought, yeah, yes, I thought he was a great actor yeah, yeah, yeah. and did really well yeah. in that movie. And the, an actor, I think, who I can't remember making a bad movie, but you may. Yeah, who's that? Jack Hawkins. Oh, oh well, I mean, yeah, I mean. I thought it was a superb actor. One of my favorite, and I, I've never heard you mention it actually. By the way, maybe you have mentioned because you mentioned most of the World War Two movies. I think um, I love the Cruel Sea. Oh, the Cruel Sea, based on a and, book. And, and, uh, on and, a book. And, yeah. and John, uh, Donald Sinden, who died last week, he's in. He's the, in it. Yeah, Donald Sinden. Yeah. yeah. Stanley Baker. And and um, the the other great one I enjoyed. If you're talking about British black and white, yeah. Do you remember the robbery that they masterminded in the bank, but they got caught in the end of it? Do you remember that? Oh, you think there was a Lavender Hill mob? No. no. Jack Hawkins, uh, all the, oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the great British. Uh, Brian League Forbes. of Gentlemen. League yeah. of Gentlemen. Yeah. Brian Forbes, yeah. all those guys. Yeah. I, I really liked that. And to get back to 59, I thought he was superb in Ben Hur. Yes. He played, and he was the villain. He played Masala, and you really felt. No, he didn't you, play Masala. In Ben Hur. No, no, I'm talking about Stephen Boyd. Oh yeah, well I'm yeah. still with Jack Hawkins. Oh yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, he's uh, Jack Hawkins. Uh, obviously played. Well, right. he played the Roman general, was he? Who was rescued by Ben Hur in a in a sea fight. That's a right. A fight at sea, and uh, and he kind of adopts him, I suppose. That's right. Yeah. Now, listener Chris Lavery wants mm. to know about a new series. Called the Nick. I have I have high hopes for this now. Have you? Yeah, it's have been high, advertised yeah, on Sky. Yeah, yeah, I have high hopes for it. Have I you? think it'll start uh, in in October. I haven't got an exact date yet. It's called, as you say, the Nick, 
and it basically represents a return to television after about I think it must be nearly 20 years of Clive Owen and it was uh, developed and uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh who has kind of retired from the cinema for the moment and it's set in this pioneering Nicker, Nick Nickbocker Hospital in Harlem in 1900 and it's already got rave reviews in the US uh, and the, produ- the producer of it, the company produces is Cinemax, which is a subsidiary of HBO. Okay. And as you know, all the HBO stuff comes up. Can we buy Sky another? Atlantic. Can we buy another hospital series? I well, mean, there's well, a lot of no, hospitals. There, there, are, yeah, there are, but it, what I like about this is it's a period series. That's that's what I like about it. And, you uh, always criticise me if I mention the word period. You give me a hard time. Well, it's time. all according to what period you're talking about. But I like the idea um, of a period series set in a hospital. We haven't got that many of those. We haven't no, had no, that, that many true. of those. Yeah, I, but surely the thing about period is that when it is done well, it adds a great dimension oh, yeah, to yeah. the movie. And one of the things about HBO is their period series, like Boardwalk Empire, um, you know, have been very, very credibly and convincingly done. Absolutely. And by the way, um, he, okay. Um, uh, by the way, yeah. I'm totally confused on Boardwalk Empire. Mm. I've watched it all the way, and now yeah. I don't know what the hell's gone on. I don't know how your man finished up in jail. I don't know what the thing was with your man on the boardwalk uh, finding a $50 bill in some fellas. Well, I, I, I haven't watched I am completely lost. I, I don't know what's going I on. I haven't watched the latest series. Well, I'll need but you, you to but explain yeah, but it. Just, just on the Nick, um, uh, okay, um, as I say, uh, uh, Owen plays the chief surgeon at this hospital and about Fort Build, if you look it up, about Fort Build um, is a nurse played by Eve Hewson. Eve Hewson is Bono's daughter. Oh, I see. So she has quite a um, a big role in it. All right. Okay. So. Now, uh, another query, Martin Roach. Robert Duvall plays an ex-con who goes up against the mob oh, when geez. he killed his brother. Oh, God, George, I love this movie. I do just, you really? Oh, I do. It's, it, uh, it's called The Outfit. It's directed by an, uh, a director who didn't make that many, or, and he, he doesn't, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, called John Flynn. Dates from 1973. And, uh, and George, would you just look at the cast, this cast of kind of crime fil- fil- film regulars. Robert Ryan, Joe Don Baker, Karen Black, Timothy Carey, um, uh, Richard Jekyll. You remember those? Sherry North, Mary Windsor. Someone once said that Mary Windsor looked like a cross between Edmund O'Brien and Loretta Young. <laughs> Elisha Cook Jr., uh, Jane Greer, uh, Jane Greer from the Robert Mitchell movie, the great uh, film noir out of the past. Henry Jones, little Henry Jones, and Joanna Cassidy in her now, uh, first credited role. Now, the interesting thing about yeah. this is Jordan Baker and Sherry North worked together with uh, uh, Walter Matthau, didn't they? Where Walter Matthau was the pilot? That's right. Didn't she, wasn't Shirley, Char- Sherry Char- North, his girlfriend, Char- shot in the... Char- Charlie Varick. Charlie Richard Jacob. You always mix up that. It's not Sherry North. And who was it? Now, remember, um, it's it's actually the actress. I can't think of her more. She played uh, the the fugitive's bro- sister uh, in the television version of the fugitive. I'll think of it now. All right, but anyway, yeah. the the other thing then, Richard Jekyll, yeah. who oh, uh, a small muscle bound yeah. kind of fellow, but he was in things like he, the, was, he was in the Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen. Yeah, he's in Alzana's Raid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his son became a professional golfer. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Uh, Elisha, Elisha Cook Jr. Oh, always plays little these nervous little little nervous guys, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. took the words right out yeah. of my mouth. Yeah. Um, I think I may watch that again. I yeah. don't think I've done that film justice. 
Which, the, the outfit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, have a look at it. Can you get it? I'm sure I can find it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, I'm really, I don't think I've done it justice now when you mentioned the cast the and cast everything. The cast is just, oh, the cast is one. And it, and it was a great, great tribute to John Flynn that he actually got all these guys together. Yeah. And Robert Ryan. Uh, he's He was some actor, Wasn't I must he? say. Yeah. Especially in, say, the late 40s and 50s. Yeah. And then he, he actually went into a kind of a purple patch as well in the 60s where Bad day, black rock and yeah, stuff the, like that. Well, the professionals as well. Remember the oh, professionals? Yeah. He was the guy who loved horses and the yeah. professionals. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, he was so good in that. And he, he was in the Dirty Dozen as well, of course. I want to ask you about Karen Black. I think she died earlier this she year. Did. She did. Didn't she? A few months she ago. She was in Airplane. She was, she? <laughs> she was in one of the airplanes, yeah. Not yeah. the first one. Yeah, one of them. Really? Yeah, yeah, one of them. Uh, but uh, I suppose would her best known movie be Five Easy Pieces? Probably. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was, I think that was her best known movie, or probably her best film. All right, well, well, you've given it a great build-up, and it's mm, mm. it's uh, the outfit. forty years old. Yeah. The outfit. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a fellow you want to talk about, yeah. uh, Vincent Don... D'Onofrio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, this again, this is um, I, I've been keeping um, these queries for several yeah. weeks. One of them, this is from a man called Luke Dolan, and he asks, "Is there any word on Vincent D'Onofrio?" Uh, and the people will know him as the actor who played Robert Gorham in the Law and Order Criminal Intent series on TV. Uh, he did 141 episodes of that. Then he quit, and he's gone back now uh, to the cinema. And we'll see him in the next couple of weeks with Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duval in The Judge. He's just completed Jurassic World, which which is the latest installment from the, the, the Jurassic Park Frank franchise, and he plays the villain in that. He co-stars with Liam Neeson in the thriller Run One All Night, and he's about to do the, a okay. mystery thriller called um, uh, A Fall from Grace with Forrest Whitaker and okay. Tim Roth. Very quickly, yeah. uh, before you leave the ploughing, yeah. is that uh, the Sunday Times Culture magazine gave an appalling review to the Woody Allen film that you yeah. thought was okay. I thought it was and okay, they yeah. said that your man Colin Firth was just waltzing through it, mm. that badly miscast. Uh, sometimes you actually come across film critics who give you the impression that they resent the movies, George. <laughs> All right. I'll say no well, more. you can never say that Philip Malloy yeah. resents the movies. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.